0: This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Jimmy Corden, James Corden, host of The Late Late Show on CBS, co-star of Cinderella, streaming now on Amazon Prime Video, and blocker of traffic in LA, and attender of concerts, and trender on Twitter constantly and ever-present guy in our lives. We love it. We love him. We love Jim. Jim C. I'm Gladys Knight.
1: And I'm Smokey Robinson.
0: I was hoping you were going to say you're the pips, but it's fine. And this, we, we're we doing it. It's Ear Buddies. This is Promises Made, Promises Kept. 2021. Ear Buddies. Buddy. <laughs> buddy it's it's uh it's really
1: happening finally
0: <laughs> before we get into it can i share a story with you please and and you the listener as well uh a week ago i was uh i was sitting in the hospital with my wife who uh is expecting it we're we're expecting a child and she was experiencing extreme pain. And so we went to the emergency room and it, we, it was, we were worried it was something serious. And she was admitted and they took her up to labor and delivery. Now, fortunately, everything was fine. Baby's doing fine. Uh, but she was she had a kidney stone, bro. You ever had a kidney stone? I have not
1: because my life has been sort of blessed in that way but i hear yeah, i hear
0: they're bad i hear they're bad too i witnessed it seemed pretty bad she was having a tough go of it this was this was a sunday and when she finally got some pain meds in her system and her pain her pain meter went from a nine to, you know, finally like a, a six or a five or a four. Do you know what she said to me? Do you know what my lovely wife said to me? I
1: can't wait to hear.
0: She said, don't you need to go home and edit ear buddies? That's my wife right there. Wow, That's my wife. Wow, Tim. Folks, this is why we never miss a Monday. Oh, wow. This is I'm I'm tearing up. From a hospital bed, Courtney Olson said, "Get that pod done, honey." <laughs> and so, and so I left her right there in the hospital. <laughs> 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 okay. See you later. I gotta go edit.
1: <laughs> oh man, what a gift you have been given. <sighs> anyway, that-
0: just just want to brag about. No,
1: know, that's remarkable. How this sweet should- it is. <laughs> to be loved by her. Yes. Wow. Tim, I There you go. Th- that is that hits all of us here, buddies, right in the heartstrings. And uh thank you for sharing. It's it's the support system we have, man. Uh huh. Our our fans, our families just <laughs> could not ask for more.
0: No, no, uh yeah this pod's going nowhere and <laughs> we will we will never miss a monday
1: thank you courtney and
0: we'll and we'll never break thank you courtney and we'll never break a promise so when we say that we're gonna do the k-pop motown episode next week doggone it well here it is it's happening signed sealed delivered baby we're doing it
1: like a fool, I went and stayed too long. I'm wondering if your love still strong. Oh,
0: it feels good.
1: It, it feels good to keep a promise. And, you know, we've, <laughs> yes. we've, we've made our excuses. We've made our mistakes. Yeah. We've uh, let a lot of people down for a long time. Um, but look, it was never intended yeah. to be some long-running bit or anything like no, that. No, 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 no. It was just no, like we I... No, didn't do this as a joke. No, it's it just like I said weeks ago, stuff keeps happening, you know? and, and well, right, and it's hard to I think this Tim this is great we're finally not only are we delivering on this promise but we're carving out some time for ourselves we're not being shaken around by the media Mm -hmm. and the trends there have been a lot of hot new albums lately we could talk about those Oh, yeah been a lot of hot new things in the news regarding music lately. We could talk about those. But no,
0: uh-huh.
1: enough, enough. We are talking yeah, about...
0: Ma- hey, should we... Yeah, actually, should we scrap this and do the certified lover boy? Uh-
1: <laughs> Tim, no, enough. We are never talking <laughs> about that. No, we're not. Not ever going to we- be in the mood.
0: No, I don't think we ever are. We're doing it, folks. We are going to finally tell you why K-pop and Motown, two discrete genres of music from different eras, are essentially the same thing. Smooth like butter, like criminal undercover, gone pop like trouble, breaking into your heart like that.
1: Cool she sunnah owe it will to my mother. Hot
0: like summer. Yeah, I'm making you sweat like that. break it down. so Matt the moment that k-pop is having right now did you uh expect that it would happen back l- let's say let's uh let's throw it back to maybe 2012 2013 whenever it was that uh, Psy was having his moment with Gangnam
1: style mm. yes
0: and we remember that was uh, kind of a flash in the pan, uh, but a, certifiably a big deal. It was right,
1: quite a flash in, in, in a very big pan.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, an enormous song. It was was it not the first video on YouTube to, to reach one billion? Bill? Yep, that's yeah. right. Okay, so that happens, but it did not lead to an immediate groundswell in the United States of k-pop uh, fandom but now that wave is finally starting to reach our shores
1: it's undeniable Tim um, yeah and I mean you know to your question I, I did not expect this um, and you know I was I was I think a little more aware that k-pop existed as a non novelty genre after uh-huh. uh, after that big song but like I didn't really think much of it. Um but now, I mean, here we are, and there have been big artists, Selena and Halsey, and uh probably Justin Bieber, he tends to get his fingers into a lot of pies, uh yep. doing stuff uh with these massive K pop acts.
0: Come a little closer because you look a thirsty. I'm gonna make a better slip it like a serpent, snow crown, chili, get it free, like like a willy. even in the Sun
1: you know I and uh, guys ear buddies I I hate to tell you this but you don't even know how big k-pop is you yeah. are a you? Western <laughs> you <laughs> you are a Western person and you <laughs> it is impossible for you to understand through your narrow world view and your sort of dumb little <laughs> Western brain. Little peanut brain, right? Yeah, you don't have any idea. You think that if it's big in America... I'm sorry, okay, I shouldn't be starting like this. But you think that if something that is a big deal,
0: if it's uh-huh. only
1: big if it's big in America. Well, you have never been more wrong.
0: Take a semester abroad or something.
1: Yes, honestly. It is... It is... You can't possibly comprehend how sure. big K-pop is. And the fact... The, the reason it's, it's reaching our shores finally is because, I mean, it's too big not to finally... Something had
0: to give, right.
1: Right. And so, I guess, congratulations for finally figuring out that K-pop is happening. But uh, you are pretty stupid for not... Um, knowing about it before and not understanding that the world is bigger than your tiny little country. All right. Getting off that high horse. Tim, what do you what else what else is there? What do you got?
0: I think, Matt, that you were very cruel there, actually. Yes. And I, I mean, think yeah. that our listeners I think our listeners are pretty cool and smart and worldly. So, it was just this year that uh, BTS, they became the first uh, Korean act to be nominated for a Grammy. So that tells you, you know, that we're finally at the point where here in America, we are ready for K-pop to be mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing we want to talk about is not just, wow, look at this genre of music that is a big deal. What we want to talk about today, Matt, is the um, problems and the exploitation uh, of the artists in K-pop, and then uh, lay out the fact that this is not a new phenomenon, even if um, it, may, it may feel shocking when you learn what's going on in South Korea, mm. um, that sort of thing is far from uh, new.
1: Yes, uh, Tim, that is exactly right. We have a a real point to make, I would say, uh, on this particular episode. We're not going to be asking ourselves what we mean this time around. No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. Um, For once. <laughs> but, yes, I think I think uh, it's gonna... We're not gonna get too deep into the weeds here uh, because there is just so much. There is so much yeah. to talk about with K-pop and Motown. But yep. here's the thing. K-pop is successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna just... I'm going to go ahead and say this without um, any sort of equivocation. Sure. It's it's successful because of how it's organized.
0: And how is it organized, bud?
1: Well, so glad you asked. K-pop, the K-pop industry is uh, a multi-billion dollar industry. It Mm -hmm. has put South Korea um, on the map in the sense that uh, they are now... I mean, they're the Hollywood of Asia, or at least that is the, their goal. And honestly, I feel like they have essentially accomplished that. Um, and the organizational structure of K-pop is so fascinating um, because it is—it is like what we believe the music industry in America to be, um, amped up to. I guess the joke would be 11. Yeah. It is a massive, ultra-corporate um, mm-hmm. industry that is very, very, very little about the music itself. And yeah. and almost entirely about the capital, the money, and uh, the cultural um, impact. So that's that's pretty broad strokes already, um but to add a couple a couple different shades in there, a few different hues here's what i here's what I mean k pop is the least organic um artistic mm-hmm. endeavor um mm-hmm. that I can really imagine Here's how it works um a bunch of Korean kids, teenagers usually. either audition for um, roles in in certain bands or are scouted by um, a massive network of um, K-pop scouts. They are picked up um, when they're, I don't know, 11, 12, 13, 14. And and there are are so many of them. There are just thousands. I don't want to say tens of thousands, but maybe of these kids who are all trying to give it a shot and Mm -hmm. then they just go through what I can only really describe as a factory
0: yeah well it sounds like a living hell I mean this is So this is a process that's called idol-making. There are three record labels basically leading the charge that basically have ownership of all of these acts. It's SM Entertainment, YG Entertainment, and JYP Entertainment. And between those three, they uh, oversee and manage the vast majority of K-pop acts that you see. So... You have all these kids, right? And and, and literally kids who uh, decide that you know they, or maybe their parents decide for them that they want to, uh, you know, try to become K-pop idols. Uh, if they get, if they're, you know, if they have, quote unquote, what it takes at a young age, right? They go into this factory and they are trained and groomed and managed in a militant terrifying way often they're forced to get plastic surgery um they have weigh-ins they their their weight is checked constantly and they'll I mean, there are videos all over the place of these artists fainting on stage because they're just they're straight up malnourished because they just don't eat enough. And uh, they and they do it all in service of image um, because these companies have a very specific image that they pursue for all of their acts and this the the pressures on these performers are incredibly high i mean this is not even getting into some of the sexual exploitation that occurs too Matt.
1: yeah i mean that's that's the thing like with stuff like this the the topic is so huge especially when we're trying to uh, also fit motown in here in in the minute but like yeah there i mean yeah tim just like you said it's it seems Horrible. It seems just, like, unbelievably awful. And, I mean, even be, – so, beyond just, like, the the singing and dancing, it's, like, they're learning uh, – they have to learn different languages. I mean, they have to learn English. Mm-hmm. They absolutely have to learn English. Um, they learn Japanese, Chinese, usually. They have c- coaches for everything. Um, yeah. They cannot do anything wrong. Because, like, in America, you know, if if you end up – getting into a brawl or, or getting into some sort of scandal or you get caught smoking weed, like, that's fine, basically, right? Not that big of a deal. Uh, but if you are a K-pop idol trainee, if that happens, you are out. There yeah. are, I don't know the exact uh, percentage, but it's something like less than 10% of these trainees end up actually getting a debut album. And I think, like you know, I don't. I don't think that the idea of having sort of a band made in a lab is that shocking, uh, in and of itself, to us Americans, yeah. right? Like you know, right. we, we know who Simon Cowell is, right? Uh huh. Um, of like course. That, that stuff does it. It happens often, and like that's fine. Like that's how the world works now. I'm not gonna yell about it, but mm-hmm. just the the way in which. um k-pop happens is horrifying yeah and and it's just and like i said you know i mean this is not at all a america is doing a better job than south korea here this is simply no. this is the sort of obvious sort of end game endpoint of yep. the music industry because now it is not really music and mostly industry and it works mm-hmm. so well Because I mean, K-pop stands uh, are essentially—I mean, it's K-pop stands, teenage girls, and black people who are inventing the entire internet in front of our Uh eyes every day, right? Like it's they're it's them, you know? Yeah, and and with with K-pop, it's so huge. Um, I mean, you know, their their stands have so much power as as this army, or as these kind of individual armies who come together to make one one great big uh, yeah. army.
0: If <laughs> that- you think the Ear Buddies army is, is <laughs> you know, powerful and uh, influential, Guys, uh, listen, no. you have the, no the, idea. The
1: Ear Buddies army could not shut down a traffic light. Alright? No. Sorry to say it, but like, you know, a K-pop army, that can change the results of an international election. I mean, that's it's, just right. the way it is, baby. That's
0: simply the truth. Sorry. <laughs> There's a report out there that says six out of ten female entertainers in the K-pop industry, um, have had to exchange sexual favors for job opportunities or media exposure. So that is, I mean, a nightmare. One more little nugget here. The contract models in K-pop are sometimes known, literally, they're sometimes literally called slave contracts because they are incredibly long. Uh, The performers themselves usually receive about 10 or 20 percent of their earnings the rest of it goes to management and record label most of them as you mentioned uh don't actually find true success and so uh these labels pump a ton of money in and the k-pop idols wind up in tremendous debt by the time they're in their late 20s um and then they're off and then they're they're dropped by their label and they have to find a way to pay their money back. Um and so this system exploits them, makes them broke, and then, you know, they're in debt to this system until, you know, they're well into their you know later lives. And many many K-pop stars have killed themselves and yeah. um I mean, it's it's a really really dark uh story if you look into it even a little bit and it makes it hard to <laughs> kind of go in and enjoy k-pop music if you consider the cost the human cost yeah uh, that that goes into the creation of this music which is highly produced and you know it sounds good it's very good sounding music the cost is very high
1: it's it's difficult really to like know anything about how about the ways and means and nuts and bolts of k-pop and and buy in wholeheartedly right and even yeah you know what to if i can boil this down mm-hmm. boil these these bones into a nice concentrated S- stock here yeah if we're talking about music uh-huh. Which we are on Which this Which we pod. do
0: week by week, yeah. Yes,
1: it's about. Tim, we've always said, man, it's about <laughs> the tunes, isn't it?
0: It's Honestly, about music. Yeah. <laughs> and that so, has never changed. Go on. <laughs> if we're talking about that,
1: like, you know, clearly, because I'm saying it this late in the app, uh, that's an afterthought when it comes to K pop. And it literally is yeah. an afterthought. It's good sounding music, absolutely. But here's the yeah. thing. It has nothing... So, the people in these groups, by and large, have nothing to do with the music. The music has really nothing to do with them. They are not writing it. They're not producing it. They're not deciding even on their own dance moves. They're not deciding on their own outfits or image. They're not deciding on their own answers to interview questions about their music. The music itself does not matter, right? It literally does not. And, like, honestly, BTS is a pretty kind of... uh, kind of fresh example of a k-pop group because those those five handsome boys they more than five wait six
0: it's like uh it's seven seven
1: there you go (laughs) i was thinking of one direction um those those seven handsome boys they actually do um co-produce and co-write um Hmm. Their stuff, right? Or at least you know that's that's sort of the what they're telling us, which I'm sure is more or less true. But yeah. that's very, very, very rare, right? For yeah, the most right. part, that simply does not happen. Um, and these artists are less artists than they are actually just like employees and exploited ones yeah. at that. And you know, I didn't say it, but the contracts did.
0: Almost slaves. So yep um so Matt, why don't we uh why don't we turn the clock back here? we have we have laid out the problems with k-pop um but the thing is, and I mentioned this earlier, but these are not new problems. They may sound very shocking um, if you're just hearing about them for the first time, which you're probably not uh, but right, you guys are smart. The, yeah, that's right. But you've changed your tune, Matt, in the last 20 minutes. Boy. Um, <laughs> but the uh, music industry, and I loved how you put it earlier, Matt, that it's much more industry than music now. Um, well, it's been that way for a long time, buddy, uh, because, well, we've had a guy named Barry Gordy influencing the scene. Uh for a long time.
1: Boy, that name gets me riled up, Tim, but keep going. <laughs> Let's talk Motown, dude. Let's talk Motown.
0: The best things in life are free, but you can- Barry Gordy goes to Detroit, sets up shop, establishes a record label called Motown, and hires some musicians, some session musicians, and starts scouting talent, and has just incredible success. I mean, how many record labels are their own genre, Matt? Look,
1: uh, Motown. I mean, that's amazing, is it not? That's incredible.
0: Oh, it's amazing. It
1: was, it was, largely, almost entirely black music in yep. the '60s, and it was the freshest sounds, the coolest stuff that you had ever heard and it blew people's minds and it absolutely entirely changed uh, the direction uh, of popular music in yeah. America and I mean in just pop music which then means the world, right? Like Motown did influence K-pop eventually, you know? Yep,
0: yeah. Before we <laughs> before we get um, too down on uh, old Barry here, I want to I want to say that he deserves some credit, if not quite a bit of credit. Yeah. You know this is this is debatable, right? For um for giving vo- an enormous microphone, for giving tremendous voice to black musicians and, bl- and black music, and yep. I mean there were some marketing things, and we'll talk about this in a second. That were sort of questionable, but um, he gave a voice to black musicians that they otherwise wouldn't have had um, and elevated their star power uh, so tremendously.
1: Look, Tim, like it's impossible not to say that. I think you you like he yeah. uh was a visionary and yep. he like he invented this whole thing. I mean, not whole cloth and not by himself, of course, but like he facilitated this label, this genre, these sounds um and made them happen. Through, I don't know, force of will and it's Hitsville, uh, baby. I mean, dude, it's, it's, he made a studio and called it Hitsville. That's confidence, man. And you know what? Insane that he pulled it off. Like you don't, yeah. you don't put Hitsville, USA, on your building unless you are pretty sure that it's Hitsville, USA, right? <laughs> and it <laughs> right. was, and it, it was. was. But Barry Gordy, here's what I will say. Yeah. Beyond anything else. Uh-huh. Barry Gordy was a capitalist he well there you go he was not necessarily if he could have made the same money and the same impact with different music I think he would have and am yep. I maybe wrong about that and missing some nuance absolutely as always sure. but uh, I'll leave it there
0: When we look at Barry Gordy's career, I think we have to recognize him, yeah, not as a musical genius, but as a business genius. I mean, he was just a shrewd businessman, Um, yes, knowing uh, how to market things correct, you know, well, correctly, quote unquote, knowing, uh, sort of cynically what would sell and what wouldn't. So, Mm -hmm. especially early on in Motown. while he gave, as I mentioned, voice to a lot of black performers, he wouldn't put pictures of them on the album covers because he suspected, perhaps rightly, that the American buying public uh, would not be willing to purchase music that had black people on the cover. Many of the the big albums with some of the big Motown hits... Um, Just have sort of uh, vague artwork on the cover. So, he was a cynical marketer. Yeah. And he underpaid his workers.
1: Uh, He he underpaid his workers and his... His artists, because his workers were the band known as the Funk Brothers, and we haven't talked about them yet uh, on this pod. Um, But, you know, there have been a number of real hot. Session bands. You got the Wrecking Crew, you got the uh, Compass Point All-Stars, you got um, the Muscle Shoals people, you've got the Funk Brothers. And the Funk Brothers were a group of musicians who were just session musicians um, who played on almost literally every track that you've ever heard from a Motown artist. And they were salaried they were union and mm-hmm. and they were but they were they were still underpaid and they got no credit and no royalties after the fact none of them once uh once their careers or once motown kind of went a different direction and they were cut they didn't get anything off the back end they just went and did something else and or died
0: um it's really devastating to read about what happened to some of the Funk Brothers. Oh, you're telling Um, me. I mean, so they would make literally like $10 a song um, on these tracks that we're still listening to. (laughs) That are timeless Pieces of music, yep, and they got ten bucks out of yep. the deal.
1: And you right, and, um, and you're you're still hearing all of that. Like you know, you're hearing the the bass lines of of Jamerson, and you got coffee on. Uh, I don't know what he played guitar or whatever, but like every you know, you hear that. And usually, when you're listening to a song, someone is getting paid. These guys did did not. I mean, they got paid ten bucks, and they're not get, getting paid anymore.
0: Y- you know, they would go broke. As soon, So, eventually, Barry Gordy moved Motown Records out of Detroit and to L.A., and the Funk Brothers didn't make that move. And, you know, they, they went broke after that, because they weren't getting residual checks from these huge hits. And, I mean, it's terrible to think about how undervalued they were. Um... You know, so talk about exploitation. I under—I mean, I, I understand that we're not um, talking about sex trafficking here. But these were exploited workers who just did not get their due. Well, and Tim,
1: perhaps something that draws uh, sort of a better parallel even to K-pop stuff is... Yeah. This, I mean, that is essentially the same thing that happened with, like, the artists, right? Not only the Session musicians, because we could talk about them forever, but even, like, Diana Ross, right? The Mm -hmm. Temptations, the Miracles, the Jackson 5, Marvin Gaye, right? All of these, like, world-famous, essentially, musicians and artists, like, they were essentially also treated as employees. I mean, uh mm-hmm. you know, Diana Ross replaced somebody in uh the Supremes because the woman she replaced like I think got drunk and like danced too provocatively and Barry Gordy fired her. That's uh sounds like what happens in K pop. Yeah. You know, you the they had no real artistic or financial or I mean any control over <laughs> What they were doing, over their image, over Mm -hmm. the songs, over any of that. Barry Gordy and um, you know a stable of um, songwriters, they were the ones who launched all these all these stars off, and eventually, you know. Thankfully, at least, a a lot of them did get big enough. You know, Stevie Wonder obviously was writing his own stuff. Marvin Gaye, like, a lot of them got to the point where they were able to do that, but not without going through hell for uh, the whole beginning of their careers.
0: And those guys are the exception, not the rule. Absolutely, Uh, yes. Right. For every Stevie Wonder, there are 75 artists who, right, never never got that level of control, never reached that level of autonomy over their yep. careers. For every um,
1: BTS, you yeah. know, there's there's most of them did not ever have that chance. Uh, that's to, exactly right. You know, so
0: what the heck? <laughs> you know? Yeah, so what the heck? I mean, <laughs> it's... Um, <laughs> and maybe that's the point of the ep, bro, is just what the heck. <laughs> Essentially the point of this, I mean we're we're running up the clock, but the point is exploitation and uh, the people who control the purse controlling everything has long been the story in pop music. It's not some new thing with k-pop. It wasn't some new thing with boy bands in the nineties. It 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 frankly wasn't some new thing with Barry Gordy, I'm sure, either. You know? Right,
1: uh, you no. Know? He didn't he didn't invent uh making money from music, yeah. you know?
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Um and certainly neither of us are endorsing like not listening to Motown or not listening to K pop music um in that some sort great. of like show of <laughs> solidarity uh you know with the exploited worker um but it's good to it's just good to know that when you listen to my girl that opening bass lick that everybody knows and you know that has been listened to a trillion times ha- has returned no money basically virtually no money to the performer um and that's sad and it's just worth recognizing the sadness of that story and it's it's just worth being sad about
1: yeah no that's i mean once give yourself again, a beat
0: to think <laughs> that's too bad
1: yeah that's you you're, you can't fix it we can't no.
0: but no, of course uh
1: not. You know, know about that once again. Yeah. Blow, blow up your mind a little bit.
0: And also, don't become a don't become a weird K pop super fan. Cause that's another <laughs> there's there's some weird stuff going on. Like that's one of the problems with K pop is like there's some there's some weird stuff, like people install like webcams in K pop idols houses and stuff. Oh man. A lot just of be, weird stuff. Just be just normal be, about it. Just, just be cool. Just be normal. Just be cool about everything. <laughs> can't, you, can't you just be cool, guys?
1: Just be cool about everything. <laughs> no, I agree. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> That's all we ask. <sighs> Ear buddies will continue in a moment. This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Jim. Jim C. James P. Corden. Star of stage and screen. Star host of The Late Late Show. That's right. You, you, you are up too late. You are up late, late. (laughs) (laughs) What's on TV? (laughs) What's on TV? Well, if it isn't old Jimmy C. (laughs) It's James Corden. He is everywhere.
1: And he wants to be on this pod, so... You are welcome, Jimmy, for taking that late, late cash that you gave us (laughs) and giving you a good, good ep here because um, I applaud James, Tim. I applaud him because for most people, overexposure... is something to shy away from perhaps or sure, right. correct with PR and, and magic and, and stardust. Right. You, you don't want that to happen. Yeah. For the thing you. to
0: do perhaps, right. Once you've, once you're overexposed is maybe try to just kind of shimmy away from, yeah. from the spotlight. Yeah,
1: right. Exactly. You back away from the spotlight, not James. No, no, no. Uh-uh. no he no, saw, no, 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 no. he saw this guy. This fellow, this British lad, he he saw that he was trending on Twitter. And then he saw that he was trending again for a different reason. And then say was he is always essentially is is eternal for this guy. Yes. Yes. He's always trending. And everyone is always kind of mad at him. And instead of retreating to a cabin in the woods and recording an album like Boney Vare, he <laughs> decided he decided to give us some money so we could do an ad promoting him and his work and that just thrills me to my core tim isn't that exciting that we've got a guy like that in the world today who who just cannot get enough of Being seen and being heard about, being talked about.
0: When I think of a thespian, Mm. I think of James. I think, now there's a guy made for the stage. There's a guy who I want to cast as the comic relief in my film, in my play, in my musical... And look, Bezos understood that. Do you think it was Bezos, Matt? Do you think it was Jeff himself who said, "Get me Corden"?
1: Yeah, in Cinderella, I, I do. Tim, I have uh, made it a point to understand as little as I can about corporate structure. So, I my belief <laughs> is that when somebody is on an Amazon Prime movie, that they know Jeff personally. And yeah, he or, requested right. them. Same thing at with you know it, Disney shows. At least
0: it came across his desk.
1: Yeah, he knows that James is in this, and you know a rare good decision from Jeff. Get me James, right. he said, and James was there.
0: You know what happened? Right, Jeff's sitting at his at his gold plated desk, uh, and the the suits came in and they said here's what we're doing we're doing a cool new Cinderella it's going to be modern we're going we've got Camila Cabello on it it's going to be fun it's going to be the kids are going to love it and he said and you know Jeff of course five steps ahead always, always
1: five steps ahead
0: always hustling Jeff Bezos he says who's the mouse who's playing the mouse <laughs> And it won't work and the, and without the, the right mouse. And the suits and the suits, they, they they start sweating, they look at each other and they go, um uh well we actually uh, haven't we we didn't we were thinking just CGI maybe and, and he's and he said no CGI is not enough. We need a recognizable face. We need someone funny we need James Corden. And you know, you know, applause broke out in that exact room. Everybody's, of course. Why didn't we think of this?
1: Why didn't they think of it?
0: And so, and, and the rest <sighs> is history. Next thing you know, we got a flash mob at La Sienica and uh, at Sunset Boulevard or wherever that was. Sure. And James is out there thrusting his hips he's wearing a little mouse outfit he's blocking traffic i'm trying to get to work and i have james corden uh pelvic thrusting yep. on my rear view
1: just that his entire pelvis just in your face
0: it's right um, there and he's having so much fun and it's great
1: and it's yeah. great it's it's, it's terrific. To see a guy like that come up from the bottom, he, you know, born and raised in in jolly old England, and had a bunch of stuff going on there. From what I hear, Tim, uh, I would never Uh say this in public, but apparently (laughs) everyone in the UK hates this guy. I don't see why. And they're all shocked. They're all shocked that he's getting such press and such screen time here in America. Uh, Well, you know what? Your loss, all right, England? Once again. Once again. Your loss. Okay. Figures. We are thrilled to have James here in his mouse suit, in his mouse fit, in his sparkly tuxedos in his peacock feathers. We love the guy. There's nothing like the light in a man's eyes when he's doing what God has put him on this earth to do. And I see that in James more than anybody (laughs) I've ever known.
0: Now, listen, James spent the next, uh, six days or so after the, the whole mouse thrust incident, uh, scrolling Twitter, reading a lot of takes, a lot of a lot of heat coming his way. A Lot of people not in love with the the dancing, with the sort of viral marketing. Um, and, but will say that was a Bezos decision. That was not that, a yeah. James Corden decision,
1: right? He does what I mean. He's a good lad. He does yeah. what Bezos says.
0: Right. He signed his name on the dotted line that said. I will be in this film. I will do what Jeff wants me to do. Sincerely, James. And when Jeff says, get out there and start dancing in the middle of the street, what is James supposed to do? Say no? Am I supposed to say no to Jeff Bezos? Give me a break. No. He's Je- he's a he's, company man. He's James- doing the work.
1: <laughs> he is. He's J- James is game. James is game. If you tell him, here's what I want you to do, he's going to do it. So, be yeah. careful what you wish for, but also, what a guy.
0: What a guy. Loved that carpool karaoke. Loved him in Into the Woods. <laughs> Yo, absolutely. Um, I uh, He was at a Harry Styles concert the other night, and he was photographed crying because he was loving it so much. He's a sincere guy. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He just wants to sing with his celebrity friends. He just wants to have fun. Wants to get paid by Jeff Bezos- is that and, so wrong? Yeah. And he wants you to keep thinking about him. And so here he is. James Corden. James Corden. Here he is again. It's James Corden. He's back. <laughs> here he is. It's James Corden. It's James Corden. James Corden. The Late Late Show. Watch it. Nightly. Nightly weeknights on CBS. James late, late. Corden Late Late. Don't go to bed. Turn on James.
1: Well, don't go to bed and then if it feels like it feels like you might it might be time to go to bed, that is late. Right? So <laughs> you st- one more hour. You can last one more hour. It's not late late until James Corden is on your television screen. That's when you know.
0: It's Jim C. Sponsoring this app. Ear Buddies is back. Uh, Matt and I are showing and telling today. Matt, why don't you kick us off, pal?
1: Sure thing, Tim. Well, look, um, I've got a little bit of a curveball for you. I was going to do just a classic good motown tune. But I've okay. got I've got something a little more fun. Um okay. And the song I'd like to play for you and you our listeners <laughs> you today uh-huh. is a, a little song called <clears throat> Party Rock Anthem by LMFAO. Wow. Now Tim. I Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go you ask your questions <laughs> if you must.
0: Hi. Well, no, I first I just I want to apologize for party rocking. <laughs>
1: It's okay. Honestly, don't worry about it.
0: Oh, it feels good to hear these dudes again. Doesn't it? Yeah, it really does.
1: Those two have got an undeniable chemistry, don't you think, Tim? I do. Sort of a leading question. Uh, Lay your
0: your facts on me, buddy. The
1: reason I'm leading like that. Is because we've been talking.
0: About... <laughs> okay, go on.
1: <laughs> sure. So we've been talking about Barry Gordy. Yeah,
0: Barry of the Pod. Barry.
1: Well, well. Hopefully, uh, Barry had has eight children. Oh, okay. So that's nice to know. Uh, Barry's youngest child is a boy named Red Foo.
0: Is that his real name? That's not his real name. <laughs>
1: okay. No, no, that's not his real name. But, but... That's his stage name. That's his stage name. Um, and he's a member of this band, LMFAO, along with... His nephew, who then would must be Barry Gory's grandson, Sky Blue, yeah. also not his real name. Um, so, you know, this is this is really perhaps more of a throwback to uh, a leg up.
0: Yeah, right. Click ne- on these names right. on Wikipedia.
1: But I just wanted to bring that up because I know that it sort of became a fun little. Uh, info nugget that we all learned a few years ago that was wow i didn't know that lmfao was comprised of an uncle and his nephew so that's fun enough in itself right
0: yeah i remember that nugget but i don't remember the barry gordy connection
1: yep they are his son and his grandson unbelievable stuff and that's if that's, if it sounds like I'm lying because I know it does, you can go ahead and look that right up on the internet right now. <laughs> um, so that's my show and tell. What a delight!
0: It is a delight. What a good song,
1: <laughs> man. Nothing nothing tastes like 2011 like this, huh?
0: <laughs> no, dude, not a thing. Great music video, too. Because uh, they were just party rocking on that in that music video.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, what else is there to say, really?
0: Yeah. Well, just an apology. That's all that could be. <laughs>
1: was, say sorry.
0: Um, I am going to, because we just love throwing it back to our old eps, bud. I'm going to play you a song by the band Tomorrow By Together. It's a K-pop group. Uh, five Piece boy band and this song is called loser equals lover and if it sounds like it features travis barker well oh man
1: Man, come on, right? This is something crying up the octave.
0: Andy, love you, love you, love you. No I so, wow, uh-huh. uh huh. <laughs> I sort of have chills. <laughs> so, uh, if you wondered if the pop punk resurgence was only happening uh, in the continental US. Well I've got I've got an answer for you. It's not it's happening everywhere baby that is just so remarkable Tim
1: I isn't that crazy? The world is just so wild isn't it and it's hard to <laughs> predict It's hard to predict what's gonna happen but man, <laughs> if every musical genre collapses into one big gumbo, <laughs> By the end of this pod, <laughs> by the time we're done with this, I'll be happy. I got nothing else. Yeah, That's what a thrill. It,
0: it does feel like by I don't know, by episode like sixty, the universe is going to collapse in on itself into just a single atom.
1: Yep. You Casey know. Musgraves featuring <laughs> uh LMFAO, Jay- I guess they'll probably yeah, come Jay-Z, back. Yep.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And uh
1: Sufjan Stevens. Can't wait. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so here you go. It's uh it's the emo era of K pop beginning with Tomorrow by uh Tomorrow by Together. Fun listen. I hope those guys are okay. I hope they don't wind up flat broke. I yeah. hope <clears throat> you know. That's what you got to say at
1: the end of every listen. But same. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: You say a little prayer right after, after you listen. <laughs> exactly. <to> every... <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> the <pop spot. laughs> there you go. That'll mitigate it a little bit.
0: I was thinking it would be fun to say, you know, we'll do the K pop Motown episode once we hit, you know, 50 Twitter followers or something. But that, that will never happen.
1: It'll never happen. And that's not ever been what it's about for us, no, you know, dude. Tim. No.
0: What is it about, bro? It's about the tunes,
1: dude. It's about music.
0: Bingo. (laughs) (laughs) That's it.
1: Man, an absolute (laughs) pleasure to do this with you Monday after Monday. And Mm. uh, I just want to do a final shout out to your beautiful bride. Um, Yes. Because without that sort of backbone, without that sort of... Her being the wind beneath your podcast in that way, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if this would be possible, but um, bro,
0: sometimes you just pick the right wife, you know? Yeah, uh, man, and that's what I did. So, congrats to me, I guess.
1: Congrats to you, Tim. Everyone say congrats, Tim. Uh, say it on the count of three: one, two, three there you go see
0: you see you later buddy <laughs> see you later buddy. <laughs>